Welcome to We Read Allegedly, where we're allegedly reading books. This year we read a lot of them. Happy 2024, everybody. It's next year. Woohoo! We're coming to you from the past. It's almost next year for us. And it will... Ish. Yeah. Soon. We're about countable hours away, which I... I mean, you could say on the first, but I can't count that high, so... I can't say it on the first. So instead of talking about a podcast read, today we're going to talk about 2023, the books we loved and hated. It will probably be the books I loved and you guys hated and vice versa, but... I was so going to say, are we, I, were we <laughs> supposed to make a list of our least favorite books of 2023? Oh, I did that for you I... guys. It's all my oh. favorites. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys... That tracks. You guys can just hate everything that I talk about when it's my turn. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be doing our top three podcast reads of this year. We're going to do our top three personal reads and then a little bit about books we're looking forward to reading next year, either on the podcast or otherwise. I didn't include any podcast reads in my list, but that's okay. Oh, well. I don't think I did either. So we don't have alleged reads today because all of our books we allegedly no. read. We're going to talk about them. And hopefully our... Or we've allegedly going yes. to read. Allegedly what we're going to read. And then we'll talk about books we did allegedly read and how much we loved and or hated them in certain contexts. So, is everyone ready to get started? Woohoo! Okay. I feel the enthusiasm <laughs> seeping into the mic today. <laughs> <clears throat> It's it's the begin end of the year slash beginning of the year. We're all it's tired. The big inning. <laughs> anyway, that will be the joke I make when we read the Bible for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, podcast reads. We're gonna do our top three. Who would like to start with their Kay. number three book of the podcast read this year? Oh, do we have to do them in a specific order? Um, you don't have to. I mean, you could give me your first one if you want, but I did just ask for your third one, so. Well, I didn't rank them. Oh, well, it's time for Battle Royale. Let's mm -hmm. kill your darlings. Funny you yep. should say that. Um, we didn't read Battle Royale for this podcast. <laughs> okay. It's going to be mentioned later. Oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. Haha. This is a tool we'll need <laughs> later. Put that in your mouse tools. Okay, anyway. Somebody has younger siblings. So I don't. <laughs> one of one of mine that made the top three was art in the Bible. That made my top three. Me too. It was in fact my number three. It was my number two. We all loved that one. Art in the Bible was a good one. I was not surprised that this is on everyone's list. I just, like, I didn't rate them based on, like, this is my, like, I didn't do what Rushmore Show does and, like, give them specific spots. I was just like, I like this one, and I like this one, and I like this one. I just, you know, I need to make this tiered so we can have our clickbait title later. That's it. That's all that matters. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, what did you like about Art in the Bible this year and last year? Because we um, both read it. Yeah, because I read it last year, too. I liked the fact that we all liked it. I like that it ruined like John's for a life. Pod ruined? <laughs> it also I'd, ruined mine. I'd, I wouldn't say it ruined it. I'd say it expanded my life. Yeah, now you can't just critique the things I like anymore. And it's that's good for me and bad for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, no. There's a difference between critique and bash. True, 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 true. We can't bash what you like anymore, but we you, can. I'm sure if you try hard, it. you can. <laughs> if you really give it your all, I can critique things I dislike. Still, it doesn't matter. It's just, I'm just saying that you know I need to get a Zoloft prescription before we read your books. Uh, what was I going to say? That distracted me. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Sylvia Plath. Did I take your mind off the oven for a second? You did. Um. <laughs> Okay. What was your number three, Squid? Art in the Bible was my number three. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, which I was going to say, I, I enjoyed how many times this year 
John used it in conversation to be like, well, because of this book now. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those that it's it's like it it changes your perspective. It does. It is. Never mind. I'll talk about that book later because it'll be fitting. <laughs> it goes in line with art in the Bible. So Okay, then. We'll get to it later. John, what's your number three? Uh, my number three was Fred, the utterly uninteresting adventures of, of the vampire accountant. Oh, I like, love that. Yeah. Book. And that's pretty much the reason why it was my number three is because it's just, it's comfort food. It's coming home to mm-hmm. a warm bowl of macaroni and cheese. Mm. Yummy. I want to come home to that. <laughs> <laughs> With blood. Gross. Gross. Mm. Yay, vampires. I think twice. Did you go through that twice this year, Celeste? Because I feel like I saw that pop up a lot. I've gone through it a couple times. I feel like I every so often because... I'd be like, oh, you're listening to it again. <laughs> oh, we're back at Fred well, again. <laughs> because the narrator, I'll enjoy his voice. And so it's it's become a comfort book because I like his voice. I like his intonation. Was the new, did the new and one so come out even if mm-hmm. oh, maybe that's why I remember it. So I also right before the new one came out, did a massive reread mm. and then John was doing a reread and I went, well, I'll go through Fair it right. again. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like that. Kurt, when, when Kirby Hayborn reads that book series, he sounds like he's everybody's friend. Like yeah. he gets the total. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Walter Cronkite feeling going. Mm. Mm. He narrated the nonfiction book that Drew Hayes wrote, and he sounded just the same. Nice. I wish Drew would actually narrate something like that, just to give a voice to him. I guess I don't know. He has a actual play podcast. Oh, does he? He does. What do you know? Him and a bunch of authors get together and they run, everybody runs a different scenario. So sometimes it's, it's one storyline. Sometimes it's another one. It's kind of confusing. I, I always find when authors read their own audiobooks to be real hit or miss. Yeah. You know who does it well? And I think it just makes sense that he would do his own books. Well, Stephen King. Oh, okay. I don't know if Neil Gaiman actually reads his own stuff, but I feel like he'd do a good job too. I don't know. I, I have I have Needful Things by Stephen King, uh, at read by Stephen King, um, and it, he he does it very well. But it's I, I think part of it's just because he knows what the accent's supposed to be for mm-hmm. about the parts he's yeah. reading for. Yeah, I do like his. I generally like autobiographies to be yeah. read by the author because. And then it just sounds like they're talking to you, telling you a story. Yes. I've done a lot of like memoirs and nonfictions this last year that were read by the authors. And usually it's good, but sometimes you get someone that's like, <laughs> I got to get through this. Like re- The Enchanted My Hour. Fa- I imagine mm-hmm. having that narrated by the author probably did not help as much as maybe someone that could have livened it up a little bit. <laughs> Danny Trejo did an mm. audiobook. He did a memoir. And he was it was rough to listen to because his writing style is like his speaking style. And then the audiobook version was definitely like his speaking style. And I'm like, your English is not great. <laughs> but it was an entertaining book. I've heard good things about it. He seems like a very interesting fellow. Oh, he is. Well, what's uh, your number two, Squid? Everyone's favorite book. Frankenstein. Mm. You made my number. Is it because the boy was on? No. Ugh. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Because it was a good book. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it was. Also, maybe because it was contrasted with the book that was one of my least favorite of the podcast reads. (laughs) You hurt my soul. It was just. It was. I, I, I'm almost I'm almost afraid that all three of Squid's least favorite books of the year were mine. Well, we're not talking about least favorites. <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny because I forget which ones I hated more. Um, 
Oh, jeez. Just kidding. John, you said your number two was art in the Bible? Yes. Yes. I'm going to go take some antidepressants real quick. No, don't do that. You're welcome. So, well, my number two was fancy suits and futuristic violence. Yay! I I did something. That's it. So, legitimately... The book that got read. (laughs) (laughs) Legitimately, I have now read the entirety of the series. Like, all three books of the Zoe Ash series. There's a third Zoe Ash book? John, you told me there was a third one. Jeez, I am forgetting (laughs) myself. It's hard for me to keep up with some of these things, you know? I'm just... Okay. Yeah, there's a third one, and its title I can say on the podcast, (laughs) and it's Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. Okay. Yep, that was a book we read this year. That definitely didn't make (laughs) my list. At least not this list. (laughs) Jeez. I enjoyed it because it was... (laughs) I like sci-fi, but it had some it had some humor to it. It was a little immature, but <laughs> so you liked you, you liked the Zoe funny. Ash books, but 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 Space Team was too much for you. Yes. I, okay, I struggled to understand that, but okay. All right, mo- moving on. Uh, <laughs> Before we hurt John's feelings, let's keep going. <laughs> different, different levels of crudeness happening. Uh, squid. Is, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi. Uh, did we do your number two already? It was Frankenstein. That's right. Frankenstein was so good. I will probably make that a frequent reread. Celeste said, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to it. <laughs> Just send me your copies. Don't worry about it. If you would like to hear my thoughts on Frankenstein, feel free to go and listen to that episode. <laughs> All right, then. Well, let's let hit let's hit the number one podcast read. John, what was your number one? Uh, Shadow of the Gods. Ah, mm. oh, that was my number one. <laughs> I'm not surprised by this. It's just so good. It was is was not that my your number, number one, one. too, Squid? Oh, no, man. but I did buy the I, sequel. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I have it now. too. I, I still haven't read it yet because I'm waiting for everybody else to hop in on that one so we can buddy read it. I went to buy the sequel and they didn't have oh, it. No. I See, listen. Because I was trying to. Because our Barnes & Noble was going out of business and I was like, the sequel, I'm yeah. going to get this. And then it wasn't until I got home that I was like, why didn't I buy the first one too? <laughs> it was 50% so you had both. <laughs> Because I borrowed my friends, well, so I don't even have the first one. But now I have the sequel. I I have the first one, and I have a friend who's borrowed it, and I don't think she's given it back to me yet. Mm. But <laughs> Which, Tori, I'm coming for you. Give me my book there, back. Um, <laughs> but she listens. So, but uh, I went to, we have a, a bookstore called Second and Charles, and they do where you can give them stuff, and they give you credit. Books specifically, you can't just bring them garbage. I mean, books, video games, movies, whatever, vinyls. It's basically apparently. Hastings, except not yeah. Hastings. Or a half price books, depending on where in the country you are. Yeah, it's a lot like a half price books, except that when you give them stuff, they give you credit and you don't have to add anything to it, which means you get free books. We love it. Well, I was trying to get it free, and they didn't have it. <laughs> That's a shame. I have it. It will potentially make my list to read this year, so I will let you know right. if it makes it on one of my months. And we can do a group read now that I don't have to worry about like returning it to the library in time. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. All so right, that was my that was my concern last time. So, what was your number one then, Squid? Well, if if it everyone's wasn't everyone's uh... favorite book of this year. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let the great world spin. I can't. I I can't. (laughs) I loved this book so much. I'm glad somebody did. (laughs) I'm glad someone did, too. Again, Squid's mom, I apologize. (laughs) I could not finish this book. It It was also my... We love you, Squid's mom. It was one of her favorite reads, too. She really enjoyed it. I had to tap out. I I'm took glad. too much psychic damage from it. Mm-hmm. If I'd known she would have enjoyed it so much, we could have heard all of her thoughts on it. 
But alas, who knew she was going to turn into a reader? <laughs> yeah, kudos, uh, by the way, to Squid's mom for hitting her reading goal. She did share that with us yeah. this year. Yeah. And then uh, also kudos to Squid, who not only hit her reading goal, but doubled it. I did. Woohoo! It's because so. my mom posted that she read that many books, and I went, now I have to. <laughs> Shoo! <laughs> You don't want to see my reading goal. Uh, I know it makes me anxious. Or or how many I've actually read. I was just happy to get in at about uh, two a month. So, hey, that was like what, 29, I think? Uh, I hit 25 out of 25. Like I remember looking the other day, which, listen, that's also more than I read last year or the year before or the Mm, year before or. That works. This year was just... You know, it doesn't really matter how many books you read, as long as you read. Yeah, exactly. Even if you read books that everyone else hates, it makes them want to die. As long as you enjoy them. You are the target audience. Yes. Uh, boy, was I. <laughs> if you want to hear more John and I were not. about any of these books, you can listen to this year's Check episodes. Check out our podcast. Hopefully you listen. That you're listening. Yeah. Oh, welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go on to our next list. Do top three personal reads of the year. Yes, folks, we didn't okay, read so on I the have, podcast. Yes. I have more than than three. Well, you start then, because I have technically four. So <laughs> I'm with you. I have four. Oh, perfect. So, okay. Well, mine first one that I'm listing off is, is a whole series. Hmm. <laughs> So um, I have 17 I books on my list. <laughs> 23. <laughs> but I'm including it as one because they're manga. So okay. I read them all in the span of like a week. Yeah, that's different. And the only reason it took me a week is because I had to return them and get mm. them back from the library. Um, but the Demon Slayer series, Ooh. the manga is phenomenal. I bet that would be very good. I know you just said it was it very good, mis- but... <laughs> The, the story is great. Um, and then, like, I know the ending of it, and I can't wait for the next season of the anime. I haven't even seen the movie yet. The movie's par- which movie part of the seasons. Oh, well, I haven't seen. I haven't. So, that was like the last. I haven't seen it yet. You talking about? Mugen There's Train? two movies. Oh, I need to see so many things. <laughs> ah. I two two movies, but they fit in with the series. I have not seen either. So, like the first movie, you can watch in place of like the first half of the series, not the first half of the series, the first half of the second season of the series. Oh, interesting. I don't recommend it though. I like watching the the full series out. You get a little bit more when you watch it that way, but if you're pressed for time, yeah, or you just don't want to take the time to watch the episodes, it's not a bad it's way to do it. Beautiful, it's so pretty. It is, it is a gorgeous anime, and the manga is just as beautiful. <laughs> I'm weird when it comes to anime. I, I know this isn't the anime podcast, but you guys got me on it now. So, um, I do like Demon Slayer, but quite frankly, I would much rather watch Jujutsu Kaisen. It's basically the same show. It's just. I've never seen it, so I couldn't tell you. I just got Dallas the uh, issue zero of the Jujutsu Kaisen manga. So uh, I got the I just got the uh, I just got zero the movie zero for uh, Christmas. So nice. So but yeah, that was my my first of four. Wonderful. Because <laughs> I couldn't make a decision. Wonderbar. Uh, what's. Uh, you guys got four, so Squid, go ahead and go with your four. Your fourth. Yes. My number four is "To Sleep in a Sea of Stars" by Christopher Pauline, <gasps> which just made it because I'm pretty sure I finished this like January second. <laughs> I started that one, and I haven't finished it yet. I had to put it to the side to read some other. It's got a pretty cover. It's got a gorgeous. It's cover. a beautiful cover. What's it about? It's so it's a sci-fi. <sighs> Um, it was his first sci-fi, and it's like this expedition they're going on as explorers, and this one's a scientist, and encounters an alien life form that like becomes part of her. It's like a book form of Alien. 
but a little less attack e little less focus on the yeah. attack there are like even the parts in this Attacks. that are like violent quote unquote have i mean it's a big book so there's a lot of explaining of things that are happening it's more like how she's coping with it yeah it's very the audiobook it, phenomenal I've, i'm about i don't know i'm like 10 percent into the audiobook and again i had to pause it because i was i needed to listen to some other things um, and I can only do one or two, one big audiobook at a time. Um, but it it was giving me, it definitely felt like a alien story. And it is, it's big. It's a, it's another almost 900 page book. It's a beefy boy. It was very worth it. I devoured it once I started it. And there's a, not technically a sequel, but there's a, another book in the same world now. That I need to get and read. That will probably also be on my list for next year. It's not on my list that we'll talk about on this podcast, but. What about you, Squid? Or John? Sorry. I didn't have four, so. That's okay. I, Give I'm, us your number three. Yeah, but what's your third? I'm jumping us down to number three. Okay. Uh, I'm reluctant to say it. Please don't hate me, Squid. But I, re- I re-listened to 14 by Peter Kleins mm. again. And. A great book. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Squid says said that with the same look on her face that I saw on Dave's face the first time we tried Malort. <laughs> That's kind of what it tasted like when I read it. <laughs> hmm. I was good with it till it went to the really weird stuff. And then I'm like, mm. That's the best part. Nope. No, it's not. I still just hold to the fact that this is why I have such a problem with Eldritch Horror and cosmic horror in books is because as soon as you start describing it, it's not cosmic horror anymore. Mm. And then I'm like, eh, this is just kind of weird. Eh. <laughs> so if you find me a book that maintains that feeling, hey, even while hey, I'm reading it, squid. Yeah. It may just be that it might not be your thing. And well, it's not, but if you find one that transcends <laughs> the genre, <laughs> I'm sure it can be done. Very well. I don't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Fourteen I don't know. captures I mean, cosmic horror well enough. I just, I just think it. I just think it's either you like it or you don't. Um, like, th- there's been people I've switched on to it. I never would have gotten figured. I would have gotten switched on to cosmic horror. What's the? Is the uh, Love Lovecraft Country? Is that one cosmic horror? Or is it just? It's cosmic horror. Yeah, it's. Okay. It's a little bit more socially conscious, uh, conscious cosmic horror, um, and I do intend, I do still intend on doing that as a bonus episode with was, friend of the podcast, say, Carlos. Lovecraft wasn't necessarily socially conscious in the way you want to be. Um, <laughs> so. No, no, no. <laughs> that's okay because he's not around no, anymore. But that's also what his cosmic horror meant. So mm. I feel like I might enjoy it more just because it will have. More than just here are big things in the sky. <laughs> well, my number three, um, I read Becoming Free Indeed by oh, Ginger Duggar Volo. It's on my list. And it's a really good look at how to go through a crisis of faith, but not lose faith. Because mm-hmm. some of the stuff that she was taught is one of those things that it could easily turn you away from God. Yeah. Um, but she didn't allow that to happen. And so it was, it was a lovely way of discussing that, if that makes sense. Cause she has a very sweet voice in, in the way that she writes. Yeah. Um, Did you watch shiny happy people? No. Okay. No. Cause it ruined me. <laughs> I did read her sister's book. That one is... Um, She's a little less kind. Yeah. She she is a little less kind. But with good reason. It's understandable. Yeah, with good reason. Yeah. So that one almost made it, but at the same time, it's a little bit much. Yeah, you gotta know what you're going into. It's like watching Shiny Happy yeah, People, yeah. which did... Indeed. It was a lot. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. I do recommend watching it, though. You just have to be ready to step into it. Yeah. But again, the 
the Becoming Free Indeed was definitely a, like I said, it was a good look at going, okay, this is what I've been taught, but what is actually true, Mm -hmm. which I feel like every believer should do at some point. Yes. I agree. We should encourage our children to do. Yes. I'm very pro read the Bible for yourself. I have my beliefs. Ask questions, please. Yeah. Ask, ask questions, get answers. Thank you, Miss Frizzle. Yes. Oh, Miss Frizzle. <laughs> uh, my third was also a nonfiction book, which is called Gentle and Lowly. What is that? The one Heart about? of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. Uh, so it's basically about like who Christ is and not just like mm-hmm. as a savior and as this, but as someone that is gentle and that became Ooh. low for us. It's a very good look at like, not like humanizing him, but making it more real and less of just this, that's God and this is us and he's in charge of everything. But who he is is a gentle, loving person that cares for his people. It was very good, which is written by the pastor of the church I'm now going to. He reads the audiobook and he did a good job. That's my number three. It's a quick read too. It's small. Well, John, what's your number two? My number two is going to be That Which Should Not Be by Brett J. Tolley. Is that another cosmic It is. Uh, It's actually, um, I don't know if you guys know what a a vignette horror film is, but it's, it's basically where you have like smaller stories that are cut up that tie into a Mm -hmm. larger. Like an anthology, but for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Okay. But with movies. Right. Uh, well, that's what this book is. There's an overarching story arc that's happening over the top of uh, four independent stories um, nice. that all kind of tap into cosmic horror. And it's it's a tasty little uh, morsel if you want to get your foot wet into cosmic horror without having to go full on into one particular mythos. Nice. Yeah. I like vignettes. I like anthologies. I didn't know that a vignette meant anthology until I read the one by Drew Hayes. And I was confused. But it turned out to be a very good book Well, in general. A, a vignette is just like one of the stories. So vignette is like a short story, essentially. Oh. Yeah. So a collection of gotcha. vignettes would be... Okay. I'm tracking yes, now. Yes. Clearly, I still don't understand that word. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like vinaigrette. Yes. It's a real good dressing. <laughs> Embellishment. Oh, uh, sometimes. Sometimes. So, okay. Well, my number two is the first book in the Dresden Files, Stormfront. I never read this, and I just read it recently, and now I'm like, I need to read all of these. Yes, please. What is the Dresden Files like? It sounds familiar, but I can't. Yeah. Um, Harry Dresden. Here, let me read the description. As a professional wizard, Harry Dresden knows firsthand what the everyday world is actually full of strange magical things. And most of them don't play well with humans. And those that do enjoy playing with humans are too much. He also knows that he's the best of what he does. Technically, he's the only one of what he does. But even though Harry is only... The only game in town, to put it mildly, or business, to put it mildly, stinks. So when Chicago PD brings him in to consult on a double homicide committed with black magic, Harry's seeing dollar signs. But when there's black magic, there's a black mage behind it. And now that Mary, that mage knows Harry's name. So it very much felt like a noir yeah. mystery book. Fantasy noir. It's like, it's an urban fantasy. So it's set in Chicago. Yes. This is why Um, it's familiar to me. Because when (laughs) you live close, people are like, have you read this? Yeah. It's set in Chicago. And it's like, he's a wizard, but people still don't completely believe in magic. So like, he's the Chicago PD's consultant for wizardry, but Half the department thinks that he's a quack. Did you know that for the Dresden Vials TV show, Nicolas Cage is an executive producer? There's a TV show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Early 2000s. 
You should look that up then. Okay. See if it's good compared to the book. Mm. But that's the thing I just so learned. I, <laughs> Nicolas Cage produced that. I listened to it. I listened to the audiobook, which also was very interesting because I don't know. It's just like they're talking about he's talking about how electronics don't work well around him because he's a wizard. Mm. And so like he's talking about the tape cassette messing up or the VHS. <laughs> It's very set in a time, yes. but that kind of adds to the feel of it, honestly. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was recommended to me by a friend and he recommended it to me in January and I just now got to it like a month ago. It's I've heard I've heard a lot about the Dresden Files. I have never read them because I don't read a lot of fantasy, but you might like this one because it's more of a mystery yeah. than it is a fantasy, which is just, which is what got me. There's just but so there are, many of them. So I know, but <laughs> there are like fairies in this book. Yeah. And there is someone committing murder via magic. I just, I have found that I have a really hard time with series. I prefer like a um, one and done. It's easier for me. You could definitely read this one and done. That's fair. Because there's like 12 or something. I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah. But the thing oh, about, no, there's the thing about it, Squid, is it's going to be sitting in the back of your head being like, there's more to the story. Um, there, it won't. I can tell you. I can tell you right now. It won't. <laughs> oh, that I'm I'm the only one that happens to. Got it. I no, this no, is why I'm not good at series because I'll read one and then just forget, and I'll set it down and be like, that's why I don't watch. There are 17 Dresden yeah, file books. Many. It's a great deal. So it's also why I prefer movies to TV shows because I'll just watch three episodes and then forget I started it. So, but yeah, again, highly. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I might check them out at some point. We'll see if I feel daring. It will not make next year's list. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. That's okay. Oh, uh, mine. Are we on what? Two? Number two? Yeah, two. Mine number two is also by one of my new favorite authors, Colin McCain, who wrote Let the Great World Spin. Uh, I suggest this book perhaps more. Then I suggest let the great world spin, and it is hopeful. I was about to say you suggest it in what way? Uh, I don't trust that man with dogs. <laughs> there are no dogs in this book. Um, so I read this. I think I mentioned this book on the podcast, which is a Pyragon. Um, and I read it right after we did let the great world spin because I was like, I need to read more by this man, which was really fitting time wise because this book is about Palestine and Israel. Oh, yeah. So this was before things started to go worse than they are anywhere but it is non-fiction slash fiction so he is writing about two actual people which is uh basam mm. a palestinian man and rami an israeli man who are both fathers who both had daughters that died in the midst of this conflict at certain points and kind of their relationship as they got to know each other and how they now continue to go and try and educate people about how Things conflict will never end if we don't talk, essentially. So it's like we need to actually be communicating with each other and realize everyone is human. Let's go. Uh, and I knew very little about Palestine and Israel when I started reading this book. I didn't know a whole lot after I finished reading, but it did make me want to learn more. And then everything started to uh, go to you know where in a handbasket. So it was, and everybody started learning. And everyone more. started learning more. So it was very timely, unintentionally. And very good. It's a very uniquely written book, too. That's like some some portions are just like a paragraph and then it goes to the next section and some are like several pages and it switches between these two men and kind of like different little blurbs and poetry pieces and things like that. It was very interesting. I liked it a lot. And it was not fun as stuff. Sad. It was said because of the context of what it is, but right. I had an overall hopeful message of we can do better. Let's do better. So that's my number two. Okay. Well, John, what's your number one? I can't say it on the podcast. Uh-oh. Is this for We Read at Night? <laughs> is it the second Zoe Ash it book? It is. Well, as you've heard on here before, you can Google that if you want to know. Children, ask your parents uh -huh, what those words we're mean. Gonna, <laughs> we're not going to say it. <laughs> you can get educated by your mom and dad later. Don't tell yeah. them you heard it here. 
They didn't. They didn't they hear didn't it. Tell them you, you saw it in the library. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You can learn a lot at your local library, kids. Get out there. <laughs> Ask questions. <laughs> as we said just a little while Get ago. <laughs> answers. Oh, yeah. That one was fun. I'm sure it was super enjoyable. So, in my personal opinion, it was less crude than the first one. The, the second one was what convinced me to read the third one. Yeah, the I, I knew you'd gotten hooked on that second one because of how often you had asked me the same question over and over again about something relevant to the core narrative of the book, which I can't share over the podcast without spoiling it. But I don't remember what it was unless it was me asking about the yes. cat. I'm going to spoil that. The cat is okay in all three Stop books. it. Stop it. Some people need to know. This is why the site- Some people need to know. Does the dog die exists. <laughs> you gotta know. Like some people- And it's not a story thing. <laughs> it is like, a story thing. It doesn't thing. ruin- It keeps, the, it it keeps the tension up in the book. I can't- You- <sighs> That spoils it so much. Like that- That- It doesn't. That pulled me through so much through the second book like i need to know animals are okay or i need to prepare myself they're not for if they're not gonna be okay if they're not i might not finish <laughs> that was i will turn was... um i almost didn't watch john wick please know that I had never seen this movie until the other day when I was at the boy's house. And it's apparently a family tradition to watch Christmas Vacation. And I had never seen Christmas Vacation before. (laughs) Speaking of cats. uh, What a a time. (laughs) That one, um, I, I, I do watch because I've watched it since before I was able to go. I'm not going to finish watching something if and it does it in such a way that that it's just if you've not seen Christmas <laughs> vacation, limited. spoiler alert, the cat's not OK, but it was living its best life. <laughs> she was like that caused an outrage when it came out and they had to be like, no animals were hurt in this film. <laughs> The squirrel, too. Anyway, that was a fun time. That was an experience that I had this year. I bet it was. I can't believe you hadn't yeah. seen that yet. Mm-mm. I haven't seen That's... Family Vacation either. Like I haven't seen that, that one, I don't think. That one I get, but Christmas Vacation, that's... So, to be fair, I watched, for years, watched a version of Christmas Vacation that was uh, made for TV. Oh, that changes so some there things. There were strategic, strategic uh, commercial breaks. That changes some things. <laughs> you probably never that saw the, the first, pool scene then. Not in its entirety. Do, I, do, I'm assuming they cut out part of his rant too, or no? Do they keep all of that in? No, no, no. The rant okay. was there. The rant they was there. They just chopped in other words over the top of those words. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. rant was so a lot. Epic. Yeah. As I learned, they had it written on the walls so he could just read it. They actually apparently had it written on, like, each person was holding a cue card so that he could look at people, Ah. say his lines, and so it looked more realistic. But that's not what we're talking about today. Cats, you know? My number one book also includes animals. (laughs) They don't die. So there's something. This is the strangest book. I've read in some time. It that's saying a yeah, lot. It also might make my top five best books I've ever read. Yeah, it was. I read it in a day. <gasps> no, Squid. No, is this the one that you were talking about in the Devoted Geek Discord? Sharkheart. Yes, yes it is. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is Sharkheart. So weird. it is a wild concept the concept of this book is that this couple gets married and in their first year of marriage the husband lewis finds out he has this disease that is turning him into a great white shark but in the premise of the book it's like there are a bunch of different chronic illnesses like this and acute illnesses where people turn into different animals so it is really just like an allegory for living with chronic illness and dealing with 
like grief and a loved one that is going through something like this and all kinds of stuff and like how to adapt. And it's written in like a super lyrical, super experimental way. So it reads very quickly because it's not like you're sitting down to read a big chunk of prose. And it is just heartbreaking and unique and such like a lovely way of packaging this in a new way instead of just being like, here's someone whose spouse is dying. Read a book and be sad. It's like, how can we do this in a new way that makes it accessible for people that maybe won't understand it in traditional terms? Let's package it differently. Best book I've read this year. Best book I've read in the last several years. I just can't get past the whole he's turning into a great white shark. Well, the way way it read very much reminded me of like brain tumors and how they can like change personalities Mm. because they talk about how this can end up being dangerous for spouses sometimes because they'll have violent outbursts and things like that. Because they're turning into a great white shark. <laughs> Which it, things like that can happen when you have brain tumors in certain areas and it can change your personality and make you angry. Yeah. And there is one person in the book who is a mother that has it, but well, she doesn't have it. The child she's carrying does. So they talk about oh, like no. carrying a child that you find out has some kind of illness like this and how it can end up being dangerous to the mother as well and all kinds of so they package it in a lot of really interesting ways if you hear cello music coming from your abdomen call a doctor right away (laughs) okay well in my squid you would be proud of me my my number one uh by default because it's just the last one left because i didn't rate mine (laughs) everybody dies almost everybody we love when everyone uh, dies. <laughs> Don't take that out of context. Because <laughs> that could be bad. Uh, it was Battle Royale. Oh, yes. Hey, I mentioned that earlier. <laughs> you did. Which, if you don't know what Battle Royale is, um, take the Hunger, Hunger Games and make it R-rated and Japanese. I saw the movie. I've heard the movie's very good. The, the movie is very good. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's, you kind of have to be in the mood to watch it. Like, because again, Hunger Games, but it's rated R. Um, but when you read the book, it actually pokes more fun at things, if that makes sense. Like, it's much more of a commentary on all Asian cultures, not just Japan, if that makes sense. Like, because like in this world, all of the Asian countries have become a single country and they have have uh, done a block of the entire rest of the world. I actually had a moment when I was like, hmm, China could be doing this right now <laughs> and no one would know. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about both the book and the movie. Oh, so good. It's it's a bit dark. Uh, to say the least, because it's children murdering children. Yeah. But they got to learn sometime. <laughs> Ask questions, it's, kids. Get out there. <laughs> work on your grouping. It's or don't group. Depends. Depends on the goal. Depends on the group. Don't always trust somebody because you think you should be able to trust mm-hmm. them. Use someone and move on. <laughs> don't take no, your advice from us. No, no. <laughs> that's how you find a spouse. Yes. <laughs> sarcasm. Lots and lots of sarcasm everywhere. What are you guys excited to read next year? <laughs> we can go through these quicker. We we talked more than I thought we would. Look at us go. Woohoo. That's okay. Did you manage to get your list together, John? Yeah. Good. I have a lot of nonfiction on my list for next year. I'm trying to expand my brain i guess it's <laughs> my knowledge <laughs> i pulled my list mostly from uh our planned list for next year for on the podcast because that's typically the only thing i can really guarantee myself so 
Uh, first one I just picked because I was like, Hey, that's a cool name for a book. Maybe it'll be a cool book. Cause it has a cool name. Literally the only reason why I picked it, but it had a really cool name. It's called never, Neverwhere. Oh, that's a Neil Gaiman one. I picked Neverwhere specifically with you in Ooh. mind. Tell me about it. I, I think you are going to love it. Let me, let me pull up the description for you know, it real what's quick. What's really funny is when I was looking for my friend recommendations, that was the first one by Neil Gaiman that someone mentioned. And I was like, well, I can't take that it one. I'm already reading it next year. Give me a new one. So good. That's how American Gods okay, ended up it on is the list. the one I'm thinking of. Basically, what happens is, is that, oh, wait, there it is. It worked. Let me actually just read it instead of trying to sum it up. Under the streets of London, there's a world most people could never even dream of. A city of monsters and saints, murderers and angels, knights in armor and pale girls in black velvet. Neverwhere is London of the people who have fallen or is the London of the people who have fallen between the cracks. Strange destinies lie in wait in London below, a world that seems eerily familiar, but a world that is utterly bizarre, peopled by unearthly characters such as the angel called Islington. I don't know how to say that. Sorry. The girl named Dor and the Earl who holds court on a tube train. Now, a single act of kindness has catapulted young businessman Richard Mayhew out of his safe and predictable life and into the realms of Neverwhere. Richard is about to find out more than he ever wanted to know about this other London, which is a pity because Richard just wants to go home. Have you? This reminds me a lot of The Unsleeping City by your description. I haven't. I haven't read that. So one. It's not. A, it's not a book. It is one of Dimension 20's actual play series and the unsleeping city is like the other side of new york that is inhabited by an entire fantasy realm so it sounds very interesting the it's almost like there is a a parallel dimension Mm -hmm. on top of new york and once you've it that's not how it's it's explained in the book but it's it's once you cross over into that no one in the first dimension you came from sees yes. you. This is I. I would not be surprised if Brennan was inspired by this book. It actually it reminded me boring. a lot of the second Hellboy movie. I've never seen Hellboy or read Hellboy. Similar, kind of similar. You should watch the first two Hellboy movies, Squid. They're super good. Isn't it a uh, Ron? Is it Ron Perlman? Yes, that Hellboy. Mm-hmm. It it legitimately is one of my favorite. I'll put it on the list. Neil Gaiman books. So I'm excited that you're excited about it. Yeah, it just I'm like, hey, that's a cool title. <laughs> I I have two gaming on my list for next year, and I think it will be um, well, won't be the first game and I've read, but I did Good Omens <laughs> this year. But Good Omens is good. Good Omens was okay. It was fun. I don't know that I would reread it. I haven't finished the book, but I finished the first season of the series. The series I was enjoying. I haven't fin- once again. I watched like two episodes and then forgot I was watching. So this is why I don't do series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at following through. But the book was alright. I watched series like the I watched that one on my own. And Dallas always walked in at the worst possible moments. I was enjoying it. It was good. Because he's like, what are you watching? I was like, I swear it's not like this all the time. They're both so like they're great actors too. They really are. I love David Tennant. Um my my next one is called Reading the Times. It's a literary and theological inquiry into the news, which oh. is it kind of goes into like how we should be digesting news and reading news and keeping up to date on stuff and different practices on how to healthily consume the news instead of being overtaken by being bogged down by constantly having an influx of news in your life all the time. Always. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. It looked really interesting. Should be interesting. So, these are all ones that I picked up at Urbana last year. So, well, mine is I want to start the Assistant to the Villain series, which apparently was originally a TikTok series. Didn't know that until today. It just sounds interesting. That's what I have to say about that. I guess that's up to me for my number two of what we're looking forward to, which is 
Uh, one of my books, actually. It's Maniac McGee. Oh, I thought you thought you meant book you wrote, and I was like, you wrote a book, John. <laughs> you didn't tell us. No, um, no, it's a book that we read as a class in the sixth grade. I haven't read it since, but I remember when we went through it. It was one of those it changed one of those books that kind of changes your perspective on life in mm. general. Um, this is one of those books for me, and so I'm pretty excited to come back to it because, um, like, there's stuff there's just like plot points to it that still stick with me to this day like cobbler's knot and various racial epithets for white people this is entirely unrelated but it is related to the topic or the the title of your book did either of you ever watch mcgee and me yes okay i heard of it so that's i was reminded of that this year at one point and i was like was that a fever dream that i made up nope this was a real show nope Nope, I, I I remember that. I saw that a lot in Sunday school. Yep, but seeing anytime I see McGee now, I'm like, I didn't make this show up. It was real. No, no, I I can I can confirm your fever dream. It's a, it actually mm-hmm. happened. That and Bible Man. It was it was it oh, it Lord. was pre Veggie Tale Sunday school entertainment. Yes, yes, it was. It was post salty pre Veggie Tales. Mm. Now now I know salty. I don't know salty. I don't think I know salty. I don't know. Salty is a psalm. Oh, 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 yes. I was thinking salty like me. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. Different no. kind of salty. Salty with a P. I gotcha. Yes, I do know who that is. Uh, my next book is another university book that I got at Urbana, which is called The Supreme Love, The Music of Jazz and the Hope of the Gospel. Um, and I'm Ooh. just going to read the back because it was very interesting. I don't know if either of you like jazz music. Um, But this says, in this volume, theologian and jazz pianist William Edgar argues that the music of jazz cannot be properly understood apart from the Christian gospel, which, like jazz, moves from deep lament to inextinguishable joy. By tracing the development of jazz, placing it within the context of the African-American experience, and exploring the work of jazz through musicians such as Miles Davis, Duke Ellington, John Coltrane, so on and so forth, he argues that jazz deeply resonates with the hope that is ultimately found in the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm really excited to read this one, and I have been since I bought it. Sounds interesting. I have a, it does. I have an awkward relationship with jazz. Um, long story short, it comes down to a, a jazz band teacher in high school who was more interested in winning awards than fostering a love of music in his students. It's like uh, Whiplash. Did you see Whiplash? Still haven't seen that. Oh, that's a phenomenal movie. It just hit Netflix and Dallas wants to watch it because we keep coming across it on TikTok. Very good. I highly suggest it. So then you can read this book afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next one is Skyward by Brandon Sanderson. I really enjoyed Way of Kings, which is the first in one of his series at the Stormlight Archives. But I generally like sci-fi more than I do fantasy. Mm. Unless I'm just really jonesing some fantasy. And so I'm intrigued to see that writing style with science fiction. Because I feel like the level of detail is going to be really good for that. And if you want detail, read some Sanderson. Did you guys yeah. Did you guys see that uh, Kickstarter he did earlier in 2023 yeah. where he was in fact, like... my best friend backed at the highest level. And she has oh. everything. I have one of the books that he did because they they released them for the general public yeah. after they were released for the kickstarters yeah i i cannot i couldn't justify it because i i know i don't like sanderson enough to back it mm. i'd never read any of his books so dallas was like no yeah i've, <laughs> I've started Mistborn, and i've enjoyed what i've read but i'm like it it has taken me forever to get through it it's just it's a little it's meaty a meaty amount of world yeah. building he has in there. Stormlight Archives was really good, um, but it took some time to understand it. Mm-hmm. But it was also a lot of world building. That gets true of all of his books. So I'm hoping that the second one, because it left off with a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, I just haven't been ready to commit to something that beefy again. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the second one focuses less on world building and more on actual story connections because the world is already built. You're barking up the wrong tree with Sanderson then. 
This man says, I have designed everything in this world. And much like Tolkien, he's going to tell you. He's going to let you know. Well, but I like Tolkien, so maybe. He might. I mean, that's why my best friend loves Sanderson, because she's like, I just want to know everything he's created for this world. I don't care if the story happens or not. Oh, no, I want to know the story. Like, because it was a good story. But yeah. you did need to know how th- certain things played out. Yes. He will get to the story, so. but he will also get to how the second district in the 15th town you've come to runs itself and... Yeah, that's the reason why I couldn't get get through the Way of Kings. I just mm, too much. If you like it, he's perfect for you. If you don't, you're right, gonna have a hard right. time. <laughs> I had a hard yeah. time. It's yeah. it's one of those that I needed to know what I was getting into, and I'd been warned, so I didn't start it until I was ready to digest some stuff. So. It was real good. Mistborn has really interesting and world building. It will make you want to put an entire like D&D campaign in that world. I just want to test out his sci-fi stuff. So Skyward is on my list for 2024. He also, he has system, like role play systems for a lot of his books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it my turn again? It is your turn. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. My number one book that I'm looking forward to reading in 2024 is, shouldn't be a surprise, Hunger of the Gods, because gosh darn it. I need. I, I need. We're to gonna know what do happens. it. We've been threatening I'm to do it you. for a half a year already. So, I started it, and then you. That's about how long you didn't commit the book with me. So I you. took it back to the library. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I made it about 20 pages. Hey, that was enough to get a recommendation from the first one for you, from you. That That's made true. you read it. That's true. That was about how many pages, and I was at the time. Yes. <laughs> Which is wild to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was enjoying what I read so far, and I was like, this feels like a book John will like. <laughs> I'm going to so recommend Hunger it. The, Hunger of the Gods didn't hit the top, hit any of your guys' lists at all? It's on my list for next year. It's just not like the one yes. I'm looking forward to the most. All right. All right. Yeah. I had like six or seven books that I was like, I'm going to read this next year, and I culled it down so that there would be less books for the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have two, technically three left, but two of them are a pair, so... My next one is Shady Characters, which is the secret life of punctuation, symbols, and other typographical marks. And it basically just goes through the... Do they have a secret life? Yeah, it's the history of how a lot of them came to be. So it's like super interesting because I love topography, first of all, but I also love language. So it it talks a lot of just about like how the ambersand came to be, like what the pill crow is, why, like what's that little cross symbol that shows up on things? (laughs) So he just goes into the history of all of it in a very nerdy nerdy way i'm excited for it what do you got next okay this one is one that hasn't come out but i know i'm going to probably read it as soon as it hits my kindle because i've already pre-ordered it um the housemaid is watching oh and that is a it's a psychological thriller and it's the third book in a series following uh, a housemaid so in the first book she is the housemaid for a family, and there's a mystery to it. She discovers some things, and then she takes care of business. And then the second one, <laughs> basically the same formula, but different family, different situation. And then there's a twist that made me throw my Kindle. Oh, got to be careful. That's not like throwing a book. I don't know. Have you th- have you thrown Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah, you can hurt other things, but you're not going to hurt Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's true. That's true. So and you have a lot more books was, in the Kindle. I was so. like, I had to. It was one of those. I had to put it down and go. Did I read what I just read? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and picked it back up. So I'm excited for the third one. I tried to buy it already so I could read it, and then I was disappointed when it was like. This will be delivered to your Kindle June 11th. I was like, what? June? <laughs> but that's so I far. Need this now. <laughs> so I've I've been getting into psychological thrillers recently. Ooh. And so, and especially this particular author, she's good about making sure that you get pulled in pretty quickly. Yeah. Like I just finished one literally this week that was about the daughter of a serial killer who... It's like 26 years after the serial killer was found out and arrested. And so you go back and forth between 
what was happening in the past and what's happening now because there's a copycat. Ooh. I also read it within 36 hours. Me with shark heart. <laughs> and it's only was 36 because I had to work. I understand that feeling. What a shame. <laughs> and sleep. <laughs> so there was sleep. It would have been done if I hadn't had to sleep or work. <laughs> that was how I read House Quit? by Ted Decker and Frank Peretti when it first came out. Mm. Oh, this is speaking so. of houses. What I didn't hear on your list for next year, John, House of Leaves. I'm waiting to read it with you. <laughs> I'll go through it again. You I, name the time and place. It, name a lot I, of time. <laughs> and many places. And many places. I like, I like, so no cap. That book is one of my most anticipated yet hardest to sit down and start books. I understand. I it is it is going to be rough to start. I do think once you start, you are going to enjoy it or you'll hate it. I'm not sure which. We'll find out. Uh, it, it's not not on my list because I don't want to read it. It's not on there just because I don't know that I'm going to be able to, especially going into seminary next year. This is true. It's an undertaking. <laughs> if you want to put it at the beginning of the year, I'll start it. Uh, get in there gonna, early before seminary starts. I, I can't get that. I can't. I can't get that to you. I can't get, make that guarantee. But okay. Well, you just I, let I'm, me know when. Unrelated to that, my last list item, which is technically two books, and will be probably my biggest undertaking of the year, is I'm going to finally read the Iliad and the Odyssey. You know, I'm really that's an undertaking. The thing about that, the thing about those books is I I've always wanted to enjoy the story of that. However, the language difference has always been a barrier for me. And same. I, I love Greek literature. One of I mean in my top 5 is The Aristia. Fantastic. Agamemnon remains one of my favorite stories read to date. So, I'm looking forward to it, but they're much larger than like if they were to make the other ones, if they were if they were to have somebody effectively rewrite it in modern English, I would be super mm. into it. Um, they probably much are the, for the Iliad and Odyssey, I would imagine. Well, that's what the that's what Oh Brother, Where Art Thou was. It was a yes. It was a retelling. Yeah. I was just talking about that today because we were talking about Coen Brother films. So you know that that's that just goes to show that there isn't an interest in the story so much as there is it's just the bar of entry is a you, little bit you can high also for, like just watch the super historically accurate movie troy mm. and that's feel, basically like that's accurate yeah. right yeah super accurate it's kind of like wrath of the titans is super yeah. accurate yeah or or noah yes all of these are true, and all of these are very historically accurate. You heard it here first. Uh, you know what else you can hear sarcasm. first is these episodes when they come out. <laughs> sarcasm. Hey. All right. Yay. Well, that's yeah. been our year in review and our year projected. So stick with us. We're so happy you stayed with us as long as you have as we start into our halfway through our second year. <laughs> Or We're almost something. To year three. Yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. there's anybody else out there who is like Squid's mom, who, who is just like, hey. No one this, out there is like my mom. Well, but <laughs> <clears throat> I've been along lines where they've discovered, yeah. hey, listening to the show has encouraged me to read more than I normally do. Let us know about that. That's yeah. a, that's encouragement to us because. Absolutely. If reading wasn't important, we wouldn't do a podcast about it. Yes. True. Let us know what you're reading next year. Let us know what you liked reading this year. Let me know how much you hated my books. Uh, <laughs> Give us some suggestions and see if you can convince us to change what books we're going to do for the next year. We yes. haven't written down, we're, but it's all in pencil. It's technically on an Excel sheet, but I can change it. <laughs> <laughs> it can all be changed. All be changed. Pick one of John's books to replace. Why you got to be like that, Squid? <laughs> Just kidding. I will make you read another one from Peter Klein's. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun, guys. Yay. So long and thanks for all the there fish. There we go. Bye. Took me a second. <laughs> Thank you.
We Read Allegedly is part of the Devoted Geeks Network, devoted to letting you know that you're loved. Thanks for sticking with us this year and looking at our year in review of books. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you missed any of the episodes we talked about, feel free to go back and listen. We would love it if you would like, rate, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we look forward to seeing you next year. Bye. If you want to hear more about these depressing books, listen to our sister podcast, Reading Books After Dark. That sounds different. That sounds like a different podcast. (laughs) That sounds very different. (laughs) Wait a minute.